0: Welcome to Heather Solves Everything, a how-to-do show where Heather takes credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually
1: are. I used to think that I was a good person, then I met these folks. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Heather Solves Everything, a how-to-do show where I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are.
0: Not all heroes wear capes. Who's our hero today?
1: My guests today are Karen Woodall and Maisha Mitchell. Friends, we are solving two problems today. The first, we are providing a place for small, non-profit organizations who want to lobby at the state capitol, but they've got no money, honey, and they need a place to stay And then the second problem is the lack of public art in the historic Frenchtown neighborhood of Tallahassee.
0: Heather, what's the solution?
1: They've got plans, y'all, for a big mural that needs your help.
0: Sounds like you've got this under control. We knew we can count on you, Heather.
1: Keep listening. You'll find out how you can help bring public art to the historic Frenchtown neighborhood of Tallahassee and be part of one of the most important beautiful solutions in our town. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Heather Solves Everything. The problem that we're solving today is something that you might not even notice is missing from your community, but once it's there, you are going to be happy. I'm talking about public art and public art in neighborhoods that are usually Overlooked. It may seem like they have bigger problems to solve than art installations, but you would be surprised how much of an impact something like that can make to a neighborhood. Today, I've got two guests with me. I am so happy to welcome Karen Woodall, Executive Director of the Florida People's Advocacy Center, and Maisha Mitchell, the Executive Director of the Greater French Town Revitalization Council. She heads up the front Porch Initiative. And Frenchtown, for those of you who are not in Tallahassee, is one of our overlooked neighborhoods that has um, rich culture, but has needs some love. It needs some attention and it needs us um, all pitching in to to make sure that everybody there has what they need. And so there's a lot of focus on Frenchtown in Tallahassee. And I'm glad for that. One area of town, one area of Frenchtown, is the Florida People's Advocacy Center. Um, I'm going to ask Karen to tell us about this organization, um, which is a um, a meeting place and um, hostel for nonprofit organizations that need a place to hunker down while they're in Tallahassee doing their advocacy work. So, Karen, tell us how did how did the Florida advocacy center florida people's advocacy center come to be
2: well it's been a vision for a long time um i have been working with with organizations throughout the state that whose mission is to work on social and economic justice issues farm worker groups immigrant rights groups children's groups Um, folks who focus on poverty and and solutions there with policy issues, connecting the dots between their local organizing work and the legislative process here in Tallahassee and and actually also in Washington. Um, And many of those, most of those groups don't have big budgets. Um, When they would come to Tallahassee during the legislative session, they would have to really figure out one time that they could come and pile on a bus, uh, particularly the folks from South Florida, get on a bus, drive all night, get to the Capitol, maybe have some coffee, go have a press conference, maybe run around the building for a minute, and then get back on a bus and drive back home. Um, we've long wanted to find a place that was a safe place that our folks could come to and actually stay overnight Um or stay for a couple of days or have a staff person who stays throughout the session so that they could really learn the process and really participate in the process and have their voices heard. So for many years uh, because I've been doing legislative advocacy work for 40 years now. I can't get it right so I have to keep going. (laughs) Um, But um, we We've rented houses, we've had some other places, um, and, and things just didn't work out. And I really literally stumbled upon the building at 603 North Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard one day when I was leaving a vacuum cleaner place that's up near us and happened to drive by and saw a big sign on the wall that it was for sale or lease and it was a it's a 12,000 square foot it's building. It's a big it's building. It's a big building and you don't even realize how big it is from the outside till so you go inside. So I pulled into the parking lot and called the number. It ends up that the person that I was talking with uh I told them I would was very interested in the building, I'd like to see it, and went in and walked through it, and it was just, it was amazing. There are about 47 rooms in there. It, it used to, because they had individual offices all over the building. It's a two-story building with essentially four wings. And there's a large conference room, there's a kitchen, there's a laundry room, um, because part of our vision was to not only have a place for our groups to stay overnight, but to also have a place where they could train before they went up to the capitol where they could strategize where they could come back and share a meal and share their experiences and really kind of work together and then the second part of that was a place where our organizations that are doing community organizing and working on social and economic justice issues could have office space Mm -hmm. um that was affordable and that's it's only a mile from the capitol and it's a flat walk down MLK, so even South Florida doesn't have to climb hills when they come to <laughs> Tallahassee. And we've had a number of marches from the center down to the Capitol. It's also located in the community that that we wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, um, through negotiation, uh rented the building. I said the best way for me to get support for a building because we've been looking to own, to mm-hmm. buy a building. Um said I need to rent it so people can see it and get excited and, you know, know this is a place they can be. We did that. We rented for probably, I'm trying to remember, um, we might have rented for about a year and then we got to a place where we were able to move forward and close on the building. So we are still purchasing it we're paying a mortgage now mm-hmm. not rent and the first year well the first time we were there uh, was around International Women's Day mm-hmm. and we had a, a bus and a van come up from Central and South Florida I had to rent tables and chairs because wow. we moved into the twelve thousand square foot building with nothing in there it was totally empty and um, and so I rented tables and chairs. We separated. We had English speakers in one room in the lobby and Spanish speakers in another room to do the training. People had their banners. And we told people, this is your home. And people were really excited. And they marched to the Capitol. Um, and then from there, as people learned about us, groups would come up. Um, we got We furnished it. We hodgepodge donations. If we had to buy, we bought from thrift stores that give to other nonprofits. We try to pay it forward. And even the process of purchasing this building is supporting another nonprofit because it goes to this Village Foundation, Mm -hmm. which goes to support all of their programs. So the vision of having a safe place for folks from – Low-income communities in particular, people of color coming up, um, feeling safe, being able to work together, coordinating, having a consistent, constant presence at the Capitol during session where it's not just a field day. It's a we are here and our voices are going to be heard to watch the learning process for all of our folks that have been coming up and a lot of the organizers who get it now. I'm so excited because I know that I can pass the mantle to them. Um, and they'll take over and keep the work going on, has been really fabulous. So that's um, that's what we're about. And people say, well, what about outside of session? I, in fact, myself had wondered about that. I know I can keep full. It's not been a problem because um, local groups use the space for their meetings. Um, they organize trainings and retreats there. And we have a good number of organizations that have office space in the center now, Maisha's um, group, the um, Greater Frenchtown Revitalization, is there. The Tallasi Food Network, the Dream Defenders, Rethink Energy. We have a all all voting is local group there. Um, it's we have the um, international or global health organization that has just moved in. So even in terms of new folks finding out and coming in and, and getting office space. It keeps us busy and afloat. Um,
1: How lucky they were that you drove by that building yes, that day and really. decided to call that phone number because it sounds like there was a, a problem to be solved, and and it solved itself by you having that conversation. People who needed a solution were able to come and have it here, and that must be um, a very energetic An exciting
2: place to be, especially during sessions. There's a lot of uh, groups meeting each other and supporting each other in their efforts, um, which is what it's all about in the political process and the legislative process.
1: Now a project that you have cooking right now is um, commissioning an artist to come and install or paint a mural, two murals in fact, on, the, um, on some large brick walls that are at the front on either side of the entrance to the building. And um, a mutual friend of ours asked me um, if I knew about this project. And when I looked online and started reading about it, I realized, yes, I've seen these images. I've seen um, on social media about this project is in the works, but I didn't realize that it was a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. So, Maisha, I know that this is something that is, is really dear to your heart. Why is having public art as part of Frenchtown neighborhood so important?
0: Oh, wow. That's a great question. Well, you know what? I grew up in Tallahassee, and having lived in Frenchtown, you know, in my early years and gone to school at Lincoln High School, art was a fabric of our community. I don't know if you know historically that uh, Fringetown is an art and uh, entertainment district. Many, many years of uh, artists from all over the country would come to Fringetown to share their skill sets. You know, great artists like um, Ray Charles, you know, the Cannonball Adderley uh, Brothers, you know, lived in that area. Years and came here often to the Redbird Cafe to share their music we had all kinds of um, historical references to people who loved this area. So it, you know, being French town, taking on a lot of the French characteristics of a place to be, had great food, quality life, you know, uh, nightlife and family life as well. So, and then at the schools where I attended at Lincoln, we had the dynamic um, duo. There was a, a group called the twin brothers actually the brothers they're two artists they were phds they were artists one taught at lincoln high school and one taught at uh, florida university high school and of course at that time in the 60s there was um, this rivalry with MU high school and lincoln high it was funny rivalry of course mm-hmm. but they have two brothers teaching art there was just magnificent and of those young men who come out and young women who have now professional artists who made valuable contributions all over the world, the Lincoln model has not yet been told that story, how magnificent it was that we have these great minds now who are going out into the world sharing their public art everywhere, and they're being recognized for their great work. And locally here in Tallahassee, many of them are still here, and we're very excited about it because... The public art is where the social justices intersect. You know, most of the time, you know, the artists are the ones that bring on the discussions, you know, through their work. You know, it's the music, it's through their paintings, it's their poetry, or however it's presented, they are the ones that um, cause us to pause and think because they seek truth into the work that they're doing because it's from their hearts. So public art really has a lot of very meaningful ways in my life, it's uh, shown itself in some ways that I didn't even expect. Now that I'm older, I can really appreciate it more. So, yeah, for me, those um, murals and artwork speak to social justice issues, and that says public art is important.
1: It's like this um, this this Venn diagram of culture in Tallahassee. I had no idea that Frenchtown had been an artist hub in its history oh, yeah. and that just brings to life the word revitalization you know having that come back into the community and so that it can be a place where people come to be inspired and collaborate and work together on new ideas tell us about Definitely. the actual art um, pieces the murals that that you would like to have painted
2: well the way this all came about um, first I should say ever since we moved into the building the plan has been to at some point do murals on the outside of the building and on the inside of the building because you know we want to bring life to it it's a red brick building it's nice but we wanted to utilize that space so that's always been in the works with the passing of um, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg I was approached by some friends who know about the center who said you know There are some people who would like to see a mural done of RBG, and we need a big building. Would you be interested? I was like, of course we'd be interested, and we'd like to add to the project, and because we have two big walls on the front of the building, we'd like to also honor a female African-American civil rights leader. And I want to survey my neighbors who are directly across from the center and down the street because they're going to be looking at it, <laughs> yeah. right? right? And I, I, I'd like to know, you know, who they would like to see. So we developed, we had about, I think there were seven um, women great all of them great it was a hard choice and that's what everybody said well they should all be out there and i said well guess what at some point they probably all will be either outside or inside We're where just, are we going to start is, this is a start <laughs> this is a start and um talked to the folks at the hub and the french town market and immediate neighbors and Maisha weighed in um and uh rosa parks won by just a few votes. It was wow. a close there was a close second. Harriet Tubman was the close mm. second. Um, but I assured everyone that, that we were going to be honoring more people because um, we want to cover the building and the inside. And we want to involve a bunch of different artists too because as, as Myesh just said, there are a lot of fabulous local, artists that are here now that are in, in Frenchtown, from the Frenchtown community. Um, and we have a lot of artists around the state who are part of the groups that come up. They're, they're artists among them. So it was out of the survey of our neighbors that we came up with the second person, and both are civil rights leaders. A lot of some people have questioned Whether Rosa Parks was a civil rights leader. Oh, for sure. And not Rosa Parks, I'm sorry, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes. Because they know of her as women's rights, which is also civil rights. But she was very much a civil rights leader, an important voice on the court. So the other part of the murals, um, and they're going to be full-length murals, um, full Whole building from what? top to bottom. The
1: dimensions are pretty big.
2: They're very big, and I can't tell you exactly what they are. Just, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Just know, <laughs> I mean, you're
1: thinking about the entire side of a building.
2: We want to have um, in front of each of the murals. We're going to have like a. We haven't figured exactly how it's going to happen, but some kind of like podium type thing that has information sheets in it about the bios, the biographies, the histories of both of these women for kids. For right. people, we we hope and expect that people will come take pictures. We want them to be able to get this information and use it. And the sidewalk art um, that Maisha mentioned that Ms. Harris started is the plan. Is it'll and we had been talking about this before already. Bringing that up Georgia Street across MLK into our parking lot, and it's kind of connecting the dots mm-hmm. in a number of ways um, in the community. You'll go past, there's beautiful artwork on the side of the hub, which is at the farmer's market across the street. So it, it's, a, it's a really exciting um, kind of effort to, to bring, bring people together in the community on a positive note, on something that brings back up, you know, their history and culture, but also to bring other people into the community, mm-hmm. to let them share the culture and the beauty and the the efforts.
1: Now some people think that um, you know art comes from the heart and you're inspired and you do it and um, that's true but it's also a profession and it costs money and um, there's a fundraising effort to make these art installations a reality. Um, Tell us about how people can contribute to the fundraiser, what the time frame is for that, um how much money you're you are trying to raise and and everything that people need to know about how they can support and
2: make sure that this happens. Okay. so yes, there there is a fundraiser going on. And it's um, using folks who set this up use the Kickstarter process, which is kind of a new process to me. I guess the um, the good part about it for donors is that it's an all or nothing process. okay, you either raise the money in the time frame or and it's a pledge of money. And okay. if the money's not raised to do the project, you're you're not out your money. You're oh, or and it's okay. not spent on something else that you didn't intend for it to be spent on unless you sent a check and said, "You just keep it do it for whatever." But it's a very, you know, Uh, it's a tight timeline in a very challenging time to be raising money. We're hot in political season and everybody we know is all involved. Um, and there, there's a lot of needs going on.
1: What's the deadline um, to contribute? Well, we,
2: it's, um, we just got an extension for a week. So the deadline is November 10th. Okay. To get, to raise the money. The, the total amount for the, for everything, which includes the two large murals at our center. She's also going to do a smaller mural of RBG at sale. Cool. And they're um, raising some money. Getting the artists here, all the materials, the, the Kickstarter fees, all that kind of stuff, it's $12,000 that we're working on raising. Um, I believe at this point, we, I know that we're, we're about 5000 maybe getting close to six. But we've got to, because there's a time frame, you know, we got to step it up. And if some, we have found that some people aren't comfortable doing the Kickstarter, they don't want to put their information in, they can also send a check to the Florida People's Advocacy Center mural project Okay. Um, to our address at 603 North Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, 32301. And we will hold that money Um until the project happens um, and put a note in it if you would like for us to return the check if the project does not happen, we will if you would like for us to hold on to it and do something you know else that's wonderful that's great too but, but we will send it back.
1: I will put that in the show notes. So okay. anybody listening to this podcast, if it is before November the 10th, 2020, um, go into the show notes and click on that link and you'll be able to um, be to make a pledge to participate in the Kickstarter and fully fund um, the art installation of two murals at the Florida People's Advocacy Center in historic French town in Tallahassee. And um, you may be wondering about how you could do something like this in your community. Public art is starting to be something that feels more attainable to smaller communities. You know, sometimes I think that we used to reserve that in our minds for metropolitan areas Uh and it doesn't have to be in a big city um, to be able to, to bring color and vibrance and art, whether it's, it's paint or whether it's sculpture or, or, you know, anything else. Um, And so the logistics of, of having an art installation put into your community that might honor um, something that is important to your past or your culture or to your future.
0: Yes, I think at this point, particularly now, um, people need something to help calm their spirit. And art does that, and it does it for me. And so given the fact that we are in communities that we're isolated often and um, we're socially distant. To see something on the wall that's reflective of the community or has a story to tell, I think it's really great. And uh, in the First Town community, we are doing a number of things with the work that Ms. Annie is doing, but also with now a new project that we're working on in the city of Tallahassee and, and honoring Dr. Martin Luther King on the corridor from the Sam Youth Campus all the way over to Levy Park along uh, the Bruno side. Uh, on Martin Luther King. So there'll be um, different ways that people can stop along this pathway and they can read about King's work and what impact it had in Tallahassee, how he visited us, and what personal stories people had to share. So this art is creeping into our lives in so many different ways that we are so very excited about. But I want to just say this um, with regard to the local artists who are available to us. To really think hard about if you want to do something like that in your community, we have a wealth of knowledge in our area. We have people who've been there, done that, and who are in some unfamiliar places that you wouldn't think they would be in terms of their artwork. Many of them are teaching in the school system. Some are doing private businesses. Some of you all know Alessa Richardson. Some of you all know Paul Howzell. Some of you all know Reverend Donald Shepard. You know, all of these people have been participating. in in art history over the years. We'd really like to be able to continue this work at the center, reflecting all that artistic talent that we have in Tallahassee and do a historic perspective so folks know that there's a history here already around art education, art appreciation, and love for the art. So I'd like to say, come on with it. If you have an art project you want to get done, connect. we got people waiting to work with you.
1: I, for one, cannot wait to see the um, these projects come to fruition. I can imagine it already in place. And um, I, I look forward to seeing a child standing in front of the mural that to them must seem enormous. Yeah. And knowing that they're looking at that and they're thinking about what it means to them. It's going to have a reaction. They're going to have a response Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, and it's going to be positive. You know, it's going to be something that inspires them, that makes them think, and that hopefully helps them feel closer to their community. And maybe, like, they could do something big, too. And that's a really exciting idea. Well, you know, the
0: other part of it is that there's been a lot of discussion in the community about graffiti and whether that's art, public art, you know, et cetera. And, you know, getting young people to think about that work. And if, if they're seeing graffiti, what can they do to, you know, make that a piece of art work, Maybe not the graffiti itself, but use that space to create more uh, public art, you know, to enhance the community and the quality of life in our area. So our young people are in for a ride. And, we, and so our seniors have stories to tell, and we want to capture those stories.
1: I think that sounds awesome. And I'm so thankful to both of you for being here today. Um, go and visit the Florida People's Advocacy Center online. If you have items that um, could be of use to the center or another nonprofit organization, you can contact Karen at the Florida People's Advocacy Center, and she can find a home for them um, either at the center or someplace um, else. And, um, To make sure that we continue to have a place where everybody has a voice at the Capitol. We can level the playing field during session so that everyone here is able to advocate for the um, programs that are important to them. And then go online and commit to being part of the Kickstarter project to have the murals installed at the center. You will not regret that decision, and they need your help. So go into the show notes, click on the link, make a pledge, and be part of something amazing for Tallahassee. Thank you both for being here today um, and being two of the people who are seeing problems and creating solutions and helping to make sure that we solve everything in Tallahassee. Thanks for being here today. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you you so much. Status confirmed. This problem is solved.
1: Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero, too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything.
0: Heather solves everything with a little help from Everyday Heroes.